Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, I am so glad to be back with you again today on the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. Pastor Mitch here. I'm glad you joined uh, us today. And uh, let me encourage you, uh, feel free to uh, uh, make comments uh, and uh, ask questions about any of the content of our podcasts. Um, and um, uh, you can uh, email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, today's topic, um, I woke up this morning thinking about casting our cares on the Lord. We're living in such a crazy time, and the pressure seems to be increasing almost by the day. Um, So many negatives in every level of life, uh, so many challenges, and so many things that are completely uncertain as to what the outcome's going to be. Um, uh, Wow, in every realm of life, would you agree? I mean, just summarize the whole thing by saying it that way, and it reminds me of something that Jesus said about the uh, time just before his return when his disciples asked him what the world would be like. And in the middle of explaining what it was like, Jesus in Luke 21, uh, and you can find this in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, all parallel chapters where Jesus gives his uh, Olivet Discourse and talks to him about the end of time when he comes back. And Jesus said this, Luke 21, 34 through 36, this is the Passion Translation. It says, be careful that you never allow your hearts to grow cold. I think that's the number one thing. If we're passionate towards Jesus, we're going to keep him in the center of everything, and he is the counterbalance for all the pressures we that we face in life, right? So he goes on to say, remain passionate and free from anxiety and the worries of this life. See, I like that. Remain passionate and free from anxiety and the worries of this life. Then you'll not be caught off guard by what happens. Don't let me come and find you drunk or careless and living like everyone else. And, you know, in the context, uh, people are, you know, drunk, doing drugs, doing other things to sanitize themselves from the fear and the worry that they have to deal with. And that's not the way we deal with problems. We take our problems to the Lord. Verse 35, he says, for that day will come as a shocking surprise to all, like a downpour that drenches everyone, catching many unaware and unprepared. Verse 36, keep a constant watch over your soul, your mind, your emotions, and your will. Pray that, uh, pray for the courage and grace to, pre- uh, to prevail over these things that are destined to occur and that you will stand before the presence of the Son of Man with a clear conscience. So, Again, Jesus addresses the fact because of the pressures that people are going um, to be um, uh, full of worry and care and that kind of thing. He says, uh, he says steer clear from it. First um, Peter 5, 7, when I woke up this morning, I, thought, I was thinking about the ver- this verse. Amplified is quite choice with First Peter 5, 7. It says, casting the whole of your care. And then Amplified includes all your anxieties, all your worries. I want to emphasize the word all, all your concerns. Once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So the will of God is that we not worry. 
uh, for years now, and I, perhaps you've heard this as well, you could categorize worry as a sin. Worry is the sin of unbelief. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're taking on something, trying to solve the problem ourselves without casting the problem on the Lord. So it's actually pride in my own resources, perhaps, when I worry instead of casting that thing on the Lord. Wouldn't it be great to go through each day without worry? Because I want to show you practically how to stay free from worry. If I don't get through today, I will um, we'll do it next time. So let's get into this. Uh, Again, worry is a common, and uh, it's a habit that can do great harm. It's debilitating physically and emotionally draining. And, you know, again, it's trying to solve problems without God's help. That's what worry is. Here's some quotes I have in my notes about worry. This is from author Summers Roach. It says, worry is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. Now, there's some truth to that. You know, worry can become the center of all of the things that we're thinking about during the day. It's not the will of God for us to worry. A Swedish proverb, worry often gives a small thing a big chateau. Wow. Uh, I like this one. This is anonymous. Worry is a futile thing. It's somewhat like a rocking chair. Although it keeps you occupied, doesn't get you anywhere. That's true, right? So... Here's another one. Charles Spurgeon says this. It's been well said that our anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strengths. Again, it's been well said, said Charles Spurgeon, that our anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. And then Charles W. Mayo, one of the founders of the Mayo Clinic, said this, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, the whole nervous system, and profoundly affects the health. You've never known a man who died from overwork, but many who died from doubt. Now, that is a good quote, huh? Um, uh, Leo Rangel said this, bacteria and other microorganisms find it easier to infect people who worry and fret. And so again, Proverbs 14.30, right along those lines, a calm and undisturbed amplified. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. And you know, again, you could add into that conversation worry. So again, freedom from worry. Listen, comes when I decide uh, that I will take God at His word and choose to trust God in His promises which I sometimes can't see or feel. Again, freedom from worry comes when I decide that I will take God at his word and choose to trust God in his promises, which I sometimes can't feel or see. Okay, so worry is when I'm going to take God at his word, and he wants us to do that. Notice what Jesus said about worry. Just wanted to remind you of some things today. This is New Living Translation, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, verse 26, Matthew 6. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, yet uh, for your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Verse 27, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 
Uh, verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Verse 30, if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith, he says. So verse 31, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. I love verse 33. It's very common. Most of us know it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So that's a good admonition from the Lord Jesus. And his, his encouragement is God takes care of inanimate things like flowers. And he takes care of birds. And, and us who are of higher creation, will he not take care of us? And of course the answer is yes. Here's some, uh, here's some scripture about worry. The message paraphrase Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. That's really good, isn't it? Listen for God's voice in everything you do everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Verse 7, Proverbs 3, message paraphrase. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. Then uh, Psalm 37, verse 5, amplified. Cast your burden on the Lord releasing the weight of it. And I like that, don't you? And he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. And then Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose confidence is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, and it does not fear when he comes. For its leaves remain green. In the year of drought, it will not be anxious, for it does not yield, uh, fail to yield fruit. So a person that trusts the Lord is like a tree with deep roots that even in tough times, the tree is well nourished. And that's us, right? Proverbs 16, 3, amplified. So good. Listen, I love this verse. Roll your works upon the Lord. This is amplified, Proverbs 16, 3. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Let me read that one again. It's so good. Roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. We'll show you how to do that in a minute. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Then Matthew eleven twenty eight. Uh, through 30 Amplified, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. He says, I will relieve, ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle or meek and humble or lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh. Hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. Then my burden is light and easy to be borne. And so, again, um, uh, God wants us to be worry-free, and I believe it's a very possible thing to, to live a, a worry-free life. To do that, you know, the, the uh, reality is we need, to, we need to 
we need to uh, start our day with prayer and cast our cares on him. So I want to hone right into this. I've got several points about uh, how to live a life that is worry-free, but I want to jump down to this one. This is important in dealing with worry, and I learned this uh, a number of decades ago. Oh, well, this probably be... Um, trying to figure this out in my head, three, three, probably 38, 39, 39 years ago or so, I came across a verse, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, in the J.B. Phillips translation of the New Testament. And um, uh, J.B. Phillips just has a way with the wording in some of these scriptures. And this one grabbed my heart. Uh, let me set the tone before I read Philippians 4, 6, and 7, J.B. Phillips translation. When I got a hold of this one, oh boy, I was... Um, I had just gotten a new job at the church I worked at. I went from being a custodian or a janitor to uh, to being a part of the uh, of the um, um, pastoral staff team, and uh, I actually did all of the personal ministry for the pastor of the church. And uh, so I was only, uh, I think, at the time, let me think, I was 26 years old when I, when I got that job, and so I was very young. And, um, and had, had no experience, uh, except I had preached on occasion here and there and, and, you know, done plenty of things with Bible studies and, and, um, you know, going to visit people in hospitals and such. But as far as ministry like this, this was a whole new level for me. So my job was to, uh, oversee a network of 120 people that helped me do what I do as a very large church and, uh, and, and train people to, to, to minister to others uh, scripturally and, and to uh, help them. And then I also did crisis counseling and marriage counseling and pre-marriage counseling for the pastor. So uh, uh, I was, uh, to, to say that I was overwhelmed is an understatement. I was, I was uh, boy, flummoxed to look that word up. I was just like, what am I going to do? So the pastor had confidence that I could do this job. And I'd been to two Bible schools. I was a young man, but you know what? I was full of zeal. I love the Word of God. And obviously, you know, when, you, when you're faithful in small things, God promotes it. That's what happened. So I remember when I started this job, and it's the first time I'd ever had an office. I had a secretary and and had all this responsibility, and I had to figure out how to organize myself to get all this done. And, uh, and, and let me top, top it off by saying at this time, Susan was pregnant with our first child. And uh, I got this job, I think it was August 15th. And, um, and Susan actually gave birth in October to our first child of, of 1984. And so there was a lot of pressure on me to perform. My, my salary had gone way, way up since from being a janitor to uh, one of the pastoral staff team. And and that was a big blessing, of course, with having ch a child and Susan um, coming home from work and such. And uh, wow. But anyway, just so I felt the pressure of the time and all that. And so this brand new job and I wanted to please the pastor. And oh boy, I whew, how am I going to do this? So here's what I, I, during that season of my life, I found this scripture, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And I had already, um, I had already uh, disciplined myself to rise early. God spoke to me to get up early in the morning before everybody else, I say, before the chickens get up and the rooster crow, I was up. Uh, in fact, I eventually started getting up at 4.30 in the morning, and I was doing that when I found this scripture, and uh, I would, uh, I would uh, get dressed and go into my office, which was fairly close to my home, just a couple of miles away. And I would sit in my office, and I begin to read, and, and I, I begin to read, and then I'd, after reading, I would go pray, and, and I did that before the day started, and office hours started at 8 a.m., very early day. 
So I got there really early and I read my Bible. And while I was reading my Bible, I was just, uh, every day I'm thinking, boy, what am I going to do today? I, and, and honestly, the back thought was, I hope I don't lose my job today. Because, <laughs> I mean, there was a lot to learn, a lot to do. And, uh, and I felt the weight of it. And I came across this, J.B. Phillips' translation, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry over anything, whatever. When I read that, I thought, great, that's exactly what I want to do is worry over this new job. Then it says, tell God every detail of your needs in earnest and thankful prayer. And so he tells you not to worry, but then he gives you the antidote to worry, tells you what to do in the place of worry. Now, I'm a very specific person. My mind is that way. When I read this scripture, it helped me. So instead of worrying, I said, okay, God, you don't want me to worry. What am I going to do? Tell God every detail of your needs in earnest and thankful prayer. Earnest means sincere, serious, and thankful prayer. And then he said, here's, here's what the result is, and the peace of God which transcends human understanding will keep guard over your hearts and minds as they rest in Christ Jesus. So I read that. Boy, I read that one morning and boy, it went off like a, it just went off like a bomb inside me. It's like, wow, that is exactly what I need to do. I don't need to worry about this job. I need to tell God what's going on. So, um, uh, so, so I would, I would read my Bible Old Testament, Psalm or Proverb, New Testament, that's just what I do every day uh, during the time. And then um, and then um, I would get up and and they had just built a, a new building the year before the church that I worked for uh, actually um, developed 81 acres of property and uh, built a big building. And when they moved the dirt to build the building, they put the topsoil into a big mound and it looked like a great big mountain of dirt at the very back of the property, way, way in the back. And so after I uh, read my Bible in my office, I would uh, lock the building back up because I was the only one there. So early in the morning, and I would go outside. If it was cold, uh, chilled, I'd put a jacket on. And I would go out behind, and I began to call that big mound of dirt, the topsoil, for when they cleared for the building. I called it Prayer Mountain. So well, I'm going behind prayer mountain, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray back there because nobody can hear me and I can pour my heart out and I can say everything I need to say. And so I took that scripture to task. Don't worry over anything, whatever. I would tell God, okay, God, I'm not going to worry. And then here's the details of what I, I've got to deal with. I told him every fear, every concern, every aspect of every issue uh, that bothered me i mean i went into exhaustive detail lord i've got a lord i've got to figure out how to train all these 120 people and i had five different groups of people that that i had to train uh that i was responsible for and then i had to, to make sure that i was ministering to people appropriately the way the pastor would because i was doing it in his stead so i said lord i need to know how to do this show me what to do show me how to train these people and I'll talk about all five areas of our personal ministry area that I oversaw. And I said, Lord, I ask you to help me with this one, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. And I go over all the details because I would need to, I would need to uh, bring on to help me volunteers that would, that would be faithful and I needed to train them. And I would say, Lord, help me to know how to train them. Show me what to do. Then I needed to organize myself. I had never used a secretary. Lord, how, what do I do with this person? How do I, how do I manage office affairs? How do 
I do this? And, you know, personal computing was just getting in vogue in 1984. You know, Macintosh came up with a smaller computer and such. So I had to learn all of this, and all that was a bit overwhelming for me. But you know what I did? I went to the Lord. And I, I poured my heart out. And then the issue of Susan uh, having our first child in a couple of months, I, that was concerned. I'd never been a father, and I wondered how to do that and what that's going to look like and how it's going to change Susan and I and how our relationship is going to be different. And then how do I take care of a little, little baby boy as we were going to have, and I didn't know it at the time. How, what are we going to do? How am I going to do this, Lord? And, uh, boy, I just poured my heart out. I poured my heart out about Susan having the baby and what that's going to look like. And, and uh, I, I prayed about all of the finances we need because obviously children take extra financial resources. And I prayed about every single thing that bothered me. I, I prayed about being so young and many times talking to people that were older than me and, and wondering you know, what they would think about coming in to see someone that was half their age. And, and, and then I remembered Paul told Timothy in, in uh, 1 Timothy, let no man despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conversation, in, in spirit, in doctrine, whatever. And uh, boy, I mean to tell you, I poured my heart out, y'all. And you know what I found out? Uh, I would leave it there. I say, Lord, now I've told you every detail. And every day I would go back behind, quote unquote, Prayer Mountain, the big topsoil mountain. And uh, after reading my Bible, and I would tell him what I had to do today, I would talk to him about the people that were on my list, on my schedule to see that day. I would talk to him about the meetings that I had to uh, be a part of. I, I would talk to him about my meeting with the pastor and my meeting with other staff team members and meetings with congregational members and then things I had to do in the community and all of those things. And, and I just poured my heart out. I told, him, I told him everything. I told him every single fear. I told him I was afraid I was going to lose my job. I was afraid that if that happened, that I wouldn't have the money to take care of a new baby. All of those thoughts came to my mind, see. And see, Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry over anything, whatever. I mean, I told him everything. And uh, you know what I found out? I found out that verse 7, what it says, when it says the peace of God that transcends, it's bigger and it's broader than human understanding will keep constant guard over your hearts and minds as they rest. I found the peace of God, and I found that when I went out to Prayer Mountain and told the Lord every detail of what is bothering me, let me read it again, don't worry over anything, whatever, tell God every detail of your needs. I found out when I did that, it helped me, because, you know, my mind will go over and over and over the things that I need to do. I have an obsessive mind. If you're a leader, you often do, and I do, and I did. But you know what it did? It helped me calm my mind because every time a thought would come up about something I had to do that day, because I had gotten up early, read my Bible, and then gone out behind Prayer Mountain and prayed, and I prayed in detail, I would make lists, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever, and I would make a list of every single thing that bothered me. And then I would take that to the Lord in prayer. Then you know what happened? Throughout the day, as I went through the things I had to do, you know, hour by hour, moment by moment, phone call after phone call, conversation after conversation, I would, my mind would remember that I prayed about it that morning. And every time it would come to mind, in the morning, my afternoon issues would, 
would come up to my mind. Well, I got this at 2 o'clock. I got this at 2.30. got this at 3 o'clock. And because I'd prayed about it the morning, that morning, then every time it came up to my mind, I found myself saying, Lord, now I've already prayed about that. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm expecting you to help me with that meeting at 2 o'clock and that thing I've got to do at 2.45 or whatever, you see. And, and I tell you, it took the care and the worry out of my life. Now, I had to practice it. Was it easy? No, because my mind wanted to go uh, into circular thinking and remind, and remind myself over and over of the, of the challenges of it did something wrong. But you know what? I took this verse to task. Now, that was way back in 1984. And you know what? Ever since then, I have taken time. I, I have to tell you, just every day, if, if something bothers me, I go to the Lord. I went to the Lord before I came to work this morning. I had a time with the Lord. I kneeled down at a chair upstairs in my upstairs in my, my house. And I poured my heart out about everything that bothers me. And you know what? The peace of God is um, can't be, you can't buy it. You can't earn it. You definitely don't deserve it. But you know what? It's a gift. And the peace of God is a gift when I choose to tell God every detail of my need, and then leave the prayer request at his feet and expect him to answer the prayer. It's amazing how he does that. Come back next time. We'll, we'll cover some of this again. And uh, I just want to encourage you today, don't worry and don't let your, uh, be, don't allow yourself to get into circular thinking. Don't allow your mind to put you in a rocking chair and rock back and forth and think over and over and over about the this, that, or the other, and, and you don't know what to do. That's fear, my friends. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. And I can tell you through the decades of time, God has been more than faithful. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day. I, I, can't, I can't think of a prayer of mine that God hasn't answered. He's always faithful. If we'll do our part, he will more than do his part because he watches over his word to make it good. He loves you more than flowers and birds. <laughs> he loves you because you're made in his image. You're made in his likeness. And he understands the challenges, the pressures that we face. And see, while I'm talking, here's a word of knowledge. Here's a person you're listening, and you're challenged in your marriage. Ma'am, you are challenged with your husband. And I can't encourage you enough. Take your husband to God in prayer and tell God every detail Tell him everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. Tell him the things you don't like, things you like, things that need to be changed, things that frustrate you. And you say, God, I can't do anything about it. You work it out and help me. Help me to be the wife I need to be. Help my husband to be the husband he needs to be. And help me work through this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue, this issue. Listen, it works. I've been married this year. I'm in uh, 44 years. And you know what? God has come through so many times for Susan and me. And, and he'll do that for you, too. Don't worry about your marriage. Here's another person you're listening, and you're wondering about your job. You're wondering about, you wonder, wonder if you can, you can uh, do what you need to do in the environment that we have today. Cast the care on the Lord. Ask him to make a way for you. Ask him to do the impossible. Don't forget, Ephesians 3.20 says he's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. Don't ask for the possible. Ask for the impossible and watch God work a miracle for you. Lord, I pray for all of us today as we go into our day, as we go into the rest of our week, that the grace of God would be upon us. Help us to practice 
Philippians 4, 6. Don't, to not worry over any detail of life, but to tell you every detail in sincere and thankful prayer. And Lord, I thank you for your peace. May your peace come upon every person that listens to this podcast and put it into practice. For that, we just give thanks in Jesus' name. Well, we'll continue this next time. God bless you. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.